Welcome to the Arthroscopy Association's Arthroscopy Journal Podcast. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the Arthroscopy Association or the Arthroscopy Journal. Greetings, this is Rob Hartzler from TSAOG Orthopedics in San Antonio. Today on the podcast, we have the honor of hearing from Dr. Justin Griffin, a shoulder specialist at the Jordan Young Institute in Virginia Beach and assistant professor at Eastern Virginia Medical School. Dr. Griffin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Today, we're going to be discussing your article from the April 2019 issue of the journal entitled, Biceps Tenodesis is a Viable Option for Management of Proximal Biceps Injuries in Patients Less Than 25 Years of Age. So, Dr. Griffin, this uh, is a controversial topic, uh, doing tenodesis in these young patients. What, uh, what got you into this topic? Uh, lay, lay out the groundwork for us on this issue. This is a very controversial topic, I, I agree. And what really got me interested in this topic was really when you look at the literature regarding superior labral tears in young patients, their return to what they want to do in life and sports is not as good as we'd like it to be. So that was really the impetus for the study, was looking at a different alternative that might provide them a better outcome. I was surprised by the um, by the age of patients. I mean, these, these guys were really young, huh? The average age was less than 20. These are young patients, you know, so this is really quite scary to consider what some would consider to be a deforming operation in some ways where you're removing a tendon from one spot and putting it in a different one in such a young patient. And so, yes, it, it is, it is a little bit scary to look at that age and think, can we really do this? And is this okay to do in such young patients? Uh, was that a hard sell? I mean, th- you, you did this study while you were a fellow at Rush. How did you observe the, uh, the, the attending surgeons talking to the patients and probably coaches and families and trainers about uh, doing a tenodesis at that age? You know, I think it was well done. These are all experienced surgeons. And so I think that their, uh, their command of uh, the patient relationship was excellent. And what we really saw was that in most cases, the, the patients really trust you. And so they trust that you're doing the best thing for them. Um, it's as much as they sort of understand the concepts. Uh, I don't think that there was really ever a question or a they weren't shocked that you were going to do that operation instead of a superior label repair. What do you think overall with the results of the study? I mean, you titled the article, it's a viable option. Was it, you know, is this successful surgery? Did did this solve the problem for these patients? I think really the takeaway from the article is that if you feel that a biceps tenodesis is the right operation for a young patient, that you don't have to be afraid to do that. And so for me, it was, it's nice to have this data out there saying, these patients actually do well because if you look at their return to sport, we had a 73% return to sport in this population. And if you look at the literature on slap repair, some of the best studies out there, it's somewhere around 64%, even down to 40%. So I think if you see a bad slap lesion really that extends into the biceps or if it just the patient has a lot of uh, tenosynovitis or if there's a significant amount of groove pain compared to the other side, those are all things that may consider that you may want to think about a biceps tenodesis. And so I think it really is something that we shouldn't be afraid to do that if we think it's the right thing for that patient, that athlete. Yes, certainly we've seen the trend for 
sort of middle-aged degenerative slaps going towards tenodesis. But I guess the the point of this study is that um, we don't have to consider young age to be a contraindication to that. I mean, for me personally, and, and I think I can speak for most of the surgeons in this study, that unless it's a throwing athlete, a, a throwing athlete, overhead athlete, many of our patients that we do this on are going to be a tenodesis now. And so unless it's a pitcher or someone who you really are very, very concerned about, a lot of times you're going to lean towards a tenodesis in most of these patients. Yeah, so who, so that begs the question of who in your practice or who do you think should not have biceps tenodesis for the purpose of function, I suppose is the right way to put it. It's such a challenging question because I don't know that we have the answer to that. If you look at the kinematic studies that have been done, EMG studies, we don't really understand the long head of the biceps very well. We don't know if it's truly a stabilizing force or if it's really something that is not providing necessary for anyone amount of function. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, I think really the message of this study is a lot of these were baseball players, softball players. They were some of these overhead athletes. And they did really well with it, perhaps better than a superior labor repair would have done. What do you think in your practice is the home run patient for slap repair, where you say, okay, this, we're going to do slap here. Biceps tenodesis is not a good option. Or does that exist? <laughs> I, I don't think there is one. Um, I think the person that I'm going to probably try to fix is somebody with a bad slap lesion like a type 2B slap lesion that's failed non-surgical treatment in a pitcher. So that's the person that I will hope that they can get back to sport, but I will tell them and I will spend a lot of time with the family telling them that they may not have the results that they're looking for. And in some situations, this can be a career-ending injury. So do you think that is there some intraoperative decision making that goes on in that type of patient? Are you asking them to give you the freedom to assess things and then do either one? Or are you just going for it consenting them for slap only slap repair only? No, I will lean unless there's significant extension into the biceps, then in a pitcher, I will typically lean towards a, a superior labral repair. Absolutely. But on all these patients, I have on the consent form possible biceps tenodesis because I don't want to get in there and want to do something different and not have the freedom to do that. So a challenge for me in treating, let's say, biceps labral complex pain patients are those patients where the diagnosis is biceps tenosynovitis, you know, and so you're, you're relying on a variety of points of information for making the decision about surgery. What do you think are kind of your go-to things in that type of patient for indicating them for, I guess, surgery um, and then specifically tenodesis? Yeah. So I think that I always evaluate them in the office as far as my clinical exam with palpating the biceps groove. And I do it on both shoulders because it's a painful spot in general. So I think one of the key things that that I've learned from my mentors is really to exam examine both sides at the same time to see if there's a significant difference. And then also evaluating, I use the sort of what's been described as the, the three tests or the three pack in terms of looking at this clinically um, with the active compression test, the O'Brien's test, and then obviously, um, and, and that, that for me has been very valuable. 
Um, and then the final thing is evaluation at the time of surgery, trying to identify which of these athletes needs um, a slap repair or a biceps tenodesis. One of the things that for sure will tip me over into the biceps tenodesis is any significant extension or tearing in the actual biceps insertion at the time of surgery. And then the second thing will be if there's significant instability uh, when you pull the biceps down in the front of the shoulder. Some people will uh, talk about biceps chondromalacia, the anterior aspect of the humeral head. That is something that I do see from time to time, and that does make us wonder if there's instability in the biceps, uh, where you have that abrasion of the humeral head uh, that is right up against the biceps. And so those are all things that I consider. But most of the time, this is a clinical decision that I feel is made before we get to the operating room. Do you do much diagnostic injection? I, th I think that I've found that to be helpful in my practice. I do. I do. I think that's very helpful using lidocaine in the office. If you have an ultrasound machine, uh, finding the biceps and doing an injection into the biceps groove, that can really tip you in the direction of a tenodesis. And I don't, I cannot, my personal experience, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this, Rob, but I haven't been disappointed that I did a tenodesis with the results, but I have been disappointed when I did a superior labor repair. And so I just, I think that if there's ever a question, I will definitely go with the tenodesis because the results are so reliable, even in these athletes. You talk about patients having MRI, no contrast. And oftentimes these young athletes will come in with a contrasted MRI study, then you, you can't use that really to a, a assess tenosynovitis in the groove. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I, I think that if you're using a 3T MRI, and that is going to be good enough to find any significant slap lesion. Personally, I feel like that. Um, now, some of the radiologists will favor a contrast MRI, but you may pick up on things that you don't need to. And so my personal um, go-to is a, just getting a very high-quality MRI so that I can really look at the biceps. Now, if the patients come with it, obviously your hands are tied, but I do think that there's a, a, there's a lot of good things that you can see without needing uh, contrast in, in most of these patients. You know, one of the interesting things that we didn't really talk about yet is some of these patients had a superior labral repair plus a biceps tenodesis. Mm -hmm. And and so I think that that's that really comes from, you know, one of my mentors, Dr. Romeo. You know, he really believes that in some of these athletes, especially gymnasts, that we have to leave them with a stable labrum uh, as well as uh, a biceps tenodesis. And so we didn't have enough patients to really analyze that as a subset. Um, but just an interesting aside that that's probably a good future study to look at is some of these patients that perhaps walk on their hands or put a lot of upper extremity force on their bodies, that that might be um, something that's very different or interesting. Yeah, interesting. My my uh, indication for that has typically been paralabral cysts to do both, but um, but the stability issue is certainly um, is certainly something to think about. Yeah. A lot of revisions in the in the series. It looked like um, you know close to half, about forty four percent revisions. Um, any differences in in that population versus uh, primary surgery? Yeah, there, we saw some differences. You know, when you when you looked at it, when we looked at the patients who had undergone uh, revision surgery, those patients had a little bit of a lower trend towards returning to sport. It wasn't found to be statistically significant, but it was 62% versus 83% return to sport in the primary cases. And so 
certainly a difference there, which, which makes sense. And that was 16 of the 36 patients that had revision surgery. And, and many of those were uh, patients that had had a, a failed prior procedure. Um, and so, yes, they, they did have a little bit of a difference. So let's talk just real quick on, on a technical sort of technical issues. Is subpec that your location of choice in general, any indications for proximal tenodesis arthroscopically? So subpec is my typical choice for this population because of the fact that in many of these patients, they have the groove pain, they have the tenosynovitis as one of the reasons that you've thought about a biceps tenodesis. And so I think going lower makes sense for them. Uh, the patients that I do consider an arthroscopic suprapectoral tenodesis is those patients like gymnasts, the ones that walk on their hands where I'm going to worry about a stress riser there. Uh, I think that that's a role for that or considering more of an onlay fixation in the subpec region. So for me, most of these patients are going to be subpectoral uh, and the patients that I'm going to consider an arthroscopic tenodesis on, again, this is just clinical judgment, are those patients that are doing upper extremity weight-bearing activity. Yeah, the stress riser issue is, I think that's a real thing. I mean, I haven't uh, been referred to any patients with a complication of humeral fracture, but certainly it, it doesn't go away biomechanically, the stress from, a, from an 8-millimeter reaming of the shaft. Right. Yeah, and in most of those patients, they, this was a peak uh, tenodesis screw in many of these patients. I think that even now with some of the emerging results in the journal, that there are certainly uh, papers that are suggesting that we have good healing with an onlay tenodesis potentially utilizing a, a screw or a, or a button. And so that could be considered even a suture anchor in the subpec region if, if that's a concern. Yeah, I like I like the uh, the unicortical button um, as an yep, onlay technique. Yep. I just like that small hole. Yeah, and that's that's my typical go to. Um, I think that that is very good. And if in, even in the suprapectoral region, there's certainly you can use the same technique if if that's in a, if that's you know something that you're comfortable with. That's I, I like that up there too. Um, so uh, either way, any closing thoughts? No, I think that this was, it's good. This is really something that I, I think we're going to have to continue to look at. Obviously, in our study, there was a lot of different kinds of patients. And the more that we can hone in on this, the better we can make clinical decisions. But again, I think it's just hopefully provides some comfort that when you feel like a tenodesis is the right thing, that the patients will do well. This article from the April 2019 issue of the journal entitled, Biceps tenodesis is a viable option for management of proximal biceps injuries in patients less than 25 years of age can be found on the Arthroscopy Journal's website at www.arthroscopyjournal.org.